How are you all doing today? This is the Jeff Salgado Show with my co-host, Mike Boyd. What's up, man? Today, we have an interview with Dr. Ross Sewage from Exhumed. He's also played in Impaled and Ludicra and is associated with a lot of acts around the Bay Area. What have you been up to? Not much. It's Sunday, July 12, 2020. We are currently slipping into the seventh level of hell in Sacramento. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> it is uh, supposed to be 102, but it's only 100. But all week, it's been at least in the hundreds. We had one 90-degree day. It's fucking brutal. And uh, happy belated 4th of July to you all. We did not get an episode last week. Uh, we were out enjoying our lives, like you should have been. And uh, yeah, this this uh, heat wave is fucking brutal, man. My my skin is like literally torched, and I'm not just saying literally torched to say it. I actually had to go to the doctor. It was bad. I mean, I didn't go to the doctor and get like tested or anything like that. I just did a call, like they do online calls now. Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a they have a doctor like almost like an app now, or something right? Exactly. Like that. And so he looked at my stuff. He looked at like these these. I had these crazy rash all over my arms. And they were bad. I mean, it's because my arms are just hanging in the sun while you I'm driving. You can still kind of see it a little bit. Yeah. Dude. Well, it's nothing compared to what it was. Yeah. It was raised. It was like, I look like straight fucking Deadpool, dude. It was gnarly. And so uh, I, I go to the doctor. He gives me some cream, right? He's like, here's some cream. Get some fucking cream. I was like, all right. So I go get this cream. I have to wait in the hot sun to get in the pharmacy. <laughs> I go, I have a fucking mask on and the fucking lady that's checking the temperatures doesn't even have a fucking mask on. I'm like, whatever. Was there one of those protective screens? Like the, no, that they she's put just up standing there in the glass. No, she's just standing there in the line. So then I, I go, I finally get to the actual pharmacy, right? And then, yeah. the, then they have all the shit. And so I get this cream and it doesn't fucking work. I, I put it on for a couple of days. It actually gets worse. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? So I fucking call, <laughs> My, I call them back, and you know they'll call us back if anything goes wrong. Yeah, well, it's going fucking wrong really fast. And then finally, I was able to get in touch with my real doctor because that was just some fucking other doctor that they threw at me. But my real doctor reads the chart, and he looks at what he gave me, and he goes, that shit's for scabies. You don't have scabies. <laughs> he goes, that doesn't even look like scabies. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? He's all, that doesn't even, he's all, you know, I, I hate this. I'm sorry for the profanity, but. This guy did a really crappy job. He's looking over the, the, the charts. I'm like, well, whatever he gave me doesn't work, and it's getting worse. So he gave me a, he gave me a steroid and a antihistamine, and it went away like in two days. Poof, gone. I was like, thank fucking God. But I was so pissed because I got these like gnarly scars from it now. Straight up dead. You think it's actually going to scar, or is it just? Well, it'll heal eventually. But but I mean, I got one on my leg. It's massive. You can still see it. It was brutal, dude. I was all, what the fuck? Like, and uh, but I mean, he knew what he knew what it was. So it was really cool. And I'm just glad I got getting my life back together. What about you guys? How you doing? Not a hell of a lot, man. You know, just been hitting my BMX bike a lot. You know, trying to get some sun. Sounds like a bad idea after your story. Um, Bitters. Just been focusing on them. We got a we're, new EP drops on July 20th on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of shit. So well, that'll be available to stream. Check it out then, July 20th. And also yesterday we finished shooting for a music video that we're doing for an older song of ours. It's called Christmas in July. And we figured it's July, so why don't we just shoot a fucking video for it and get it out there. Uh, really sarcastic, kind of not a happy Christmas song. The but, bitters. Yeah, so there you go. Christmas in July. Yeah, so that'll be out 
hopefully within the next week i'm doing uh, my wife and i were the ones that did all the shots like she held helped me out with all the with all the the cinematography of it and everything i did the, most of the directing and then i'll be doing all the editing so that yeah, that's what's going on in my camp what about you man not much uh we got a uh, an ad out in the decibel magazine it was, it was really cool uh, the the label we signed to uh, Nefarious Industries hooked us up full page ad. I was kind of blown away when I saw it. Whoa. I was not expecting it. I was like, "Whoa, shit!" I thought it was just like you know. He's just like, "You guys are in the new Dust Bowl." I was like, "Sick!" And he said that'll run for two months. And I was like, "Wow!" You know, that's that'll get a lot of traction, dude. That's just crazy advertising that we've uh. never had access to. And then uh, we're gonna shoot our video probably at the end of this month, in a couple weeks. Which song are you doing? Uh, it's a new one. I can't say. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's off the new album. And the new album drops on August 28th for all you listening. So the new Psychosomatic will be out in August, at the end of August. We're already Pre-orders are already up. Just check the uh, the Facebook page or the Instagram, and uh, you could uh, get a pre-order. They have pre-order bundles that come with uh, posters and uh, one that comes with a T-shirt. So check it out. All new artwork. Everything's great. Um, okay. And before, when we lead up to that, we're going to be least releasing a bunch of singles and a lyric video. One drops next week. Yeah, you so. already had one that was already 100% made, correct? Well, yeah, right. but yeah. everything's been made for a long yeah. time. It's just now it's finally being released by the label. It's really up to the label and the PR team to deal with all that. I don't yeah. deal with any of that. They just give me a heads up. That must be a fucking weight off your shoulders because you were pretty much DIY all the way up until now. Yeah, we've been DIY forever because uh, it's to have that kind of control, you know, creative control yes. instead of having a label tell you what to do. But uh, this label was very badass open honest and they know who we were so they're like you know just do what you do and we'll help you out so it was it was like the best case scenario it was more of like a team like yeah. i'm gonna help you out you i'm gonna help you guys out you're gonna help us out kind of like let's work together i mean i think that's how labels should be so we're really fortunate to uh at, at, at this day and age of what's going on right now you know the luck factor really hit Oh, well, I really mean, hard with us. You, I wouldn't say it's all luck, dude. You guys have put your fucking time in over the years. Like, you guys have done your time. You've done the hard work. You've slaved. Like, this is, you caught this attention not just because of luck. Well, yeah. I, well the way my definition of luck yeah. is when experience meets opportunity. Yeah, there you go. That's luck. Because if you don't have either one of those, you don't got shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I take it as a compliment. Do you think, uh, like more labels are going to have to go the route that you're experiencing right now just because it's so easy for every artist to just be like, no, I can get this out on everything myself. What are you bringing to the table? Well, I know that labels are folding shop left and right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it was really difficult for us to get signed on anybody. I mean, we were getting the door slammed in our face left and right. And everybody in the, in, in the industry was telling me, dude, you're better off putting it out yourselves, especially right now because of the climate that's going on and, and I'm, I mean, even besides of what's going on with the coronavirus lockdowns, I'm talking like the industry itself. Yeah. It's everything is just do it yourself. So the fact that we got a really supportive label is huge. And, and the time frame that we did was kind of like we just jumped off the Titanic right before. Right before it <laughs> like, like, you saw the iceberg coming. You're like, let's right. get that boat over there. Exactly. Ready. <laughs> and it's and it, the thing. The thing I heard about um, when you're doing it yourself it's cool because you do have control, which is really huge. But at the same time, I mean, you're getting like, I think it's something like 80,000 releases a day. 
I mean, of every kind of music, right? Right. Like, so you have to be paying attention, build your audience up to even get people to notice. Oh, yeah. You can release music. It doesn't mean anyone gives a shit. Right. Exactly. It's, it's just what's well, just getting your name out there and getting it the right crowd. Right. All that stuff. Yeah. If you're not doing that, then it just gets lost in the fucking weeds. Right. So we have an interview today with Dr. Ross Sewage. And I've known, met, known this guy for years. We've met, the first time we actually formally met was uh, we played a, uh, New Jersey Death Fest, and uh, he was just happened to be there with a couple friends, and it was really cool to run into him, and we talked, and just became good friends after that. Played a bunch of shows together, and so here he is, Doctor Ross Sewage. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. How are you doing? I couldn't complain. It's nice and hot here in Sacramento. Where are you guys at? Uh, I'm in Oakland. I'm in my apartment where it's not so hot, but it's extremely hot outside. I've got very tall ceilings that suck up all the heat so i'm kind of lucky in that regard and i'm just lucky to live in oakland because oakland fucking rules fuck yeah nice some of the best but you do you do have the train you do have the train museum in sacramento which is pretty awesome yes we do i guess (laughs) it's awesome you got the you got one of the golden spikes there don't i spent like four hours in that place i loved it i'm a dork (laughs) that's great i mean that's awesome i'm glad you appreciate it so we're going to run down your uh, list and uh, musical career and endeavors. And so what are you doing lately? What have you been up to besides? Uh... Uh, I've mostly been uh, producing a lot of videos for uh, bands that I'm associated with. I've uh, been working on with some stuff with Matt Harvey from Exhumed to get some guitar playthroughs. So I've been doing all the editing on those. He's sending me raw files and I put them all together and try to make them make sense and show off his guitar playing uh, as it were, and uh, I've been helping out my friends in Ghoul and doing producing a lot of their videos, making edits and mixing sounds. And you know, so they can have a cooking show now. They've got a question and answer show. They've got just dumb videos of phone sex lines and shit like that. They're a weird. They're a weird group. <laughs> so there's a phone sex line you can call for Ghoul. I, I, I'm not sure if there's any operators active, but the video's up there on YouTube. So. You know, in this in this new now that we have uh, video and video streaming is kind of the thing all a band can really do now. So check out Ghoul and Exhumed on YouTube, please. Definitely a nice plug. Do you uh you you know those guys in Ghoul? I do. Uh, they're kind of assholes, but they're fun to work with. <laughs> That's awesome. Good to hear. So um, you've also you're also an impaled as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Impaled is, uh, um, contrary to popular belief, Impaled is technically still active. And by active, I mean there's still a room that has some instruments in it gathering dust. So we were going to play Maryland Death Fest this year, and we're scheduled to play it next year uh, if everything in the world goes perfectly correctly for a year. Did it get postponed? Uh, yeah, the, the one got postponed in May and they basically just rebooked all the bands for 2021. I have my doubts, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens. That's crazy. Oh man, I can't. Yeah. I, I just, Dis- this- Disney World Disney World doesn't give me a lot of hope right now that we're going to actually make it to next year and be able to play shows anytime soon. But, you know, fingers crossed. Right. Well, maybe you guys can play in Creepsylvania. <laughs> Yeah, they haven't been uh, touched by any other plague except for the plagues, the uh, STDs that Ghoul has brought in. <laughs> they already have them. <laughs> so there's like a whole bunch of syphilis and gonorrhea. I think, there's, I think they, they're the last country that has a, a, a widespread leprosy problem. <laughs> I believe it. 
Yeah, I've seen some of the things that come out of there. It's pretty gnarly. And uh, so you, um, you've been really busy other, other than that, right? You also, um, you do a lot of graphics and stuff like that. Artwork. Yeah, I do graphics and artwork. I finished, I just finished a, when quarantine started, a, a Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon hit me up. So I was able to draw a, a single cover for them for a seven inch they got uh, coming out. I believe it's, 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 they've, the song's released. I believe everyone's getting their copies mailed now and uh, did that. And, and I've also done in the past a lot of other uh, layouts. I was working with a label named Wax Maniacs that was doing a lot of metal reissues. So I got, got to, put my touch on Sodom LPs, which was fucking amazing to do. And some other more obscure bands like acid and cloven hoof. And those were all really fun to work on and, you know, restore a bunch of missing artwork and put it together and, you know, try to respect the old while keeping it looking nice and new for new collectors. And with a bunch, I got to look through and pour through old Sodom photos and put together a whole new like photo collage and gallery form. And that was all very exciting to me, you know, I was a Sodom fan for, like forever and uh and um acid king and a bunch of others i've helped like put together their old lps and ulthar was my most recent one um their new lp just came out from 20 bucks spin you should check it out it's awesome and i got to do the layouts for that one as well that sounds killer what'd you do for destruction destruction that was uh that one was uh, one of the easier ones because it was a more modern uh repress i think it had already it already had lp files i just had to do some updating and correct some things here and there to to get it uh up to speed with you know whatever modern press we were doing and relay out templates and all that kind of exciting stuff that you sit around in adobe illustrator and do hell yeah and uh Joseph- i think i did like i did i did clean up i think there was the the label really they had redone their logo and it was like it looked like early 2000s Photoshop mess with flames and all this poor <laughs> shit on it. So they they told me to nix that one, and I'm not sure if Shamir would be very happy with that. I did contact him at one point. And he goes, "What do you mean you're doing represses? I must have a say." And I'm like, "I I don't know, dude. This guy, your label signed a contract. <laughs> I I was trying to be friendly, but I don't think I'm going to contact you again because I don't want to get anybody in trouble here. But I don't think you really have a say in this. That's not the way record labels work, right?" Wow. So I don't know, but they came out, they came out looking good to me. So, and see people seemed happy with the represses. And now um, it says that you worked with uh, Venom. Was that Venom Inc or the original Venom? That was, no, no, it was, uh, that was, again, another license for me. So I didn't, I didn't work with Venom per se, but I did put out, I did make the first layout for the um, skeletons in the closet, which was only previously available on CD. Nice. So. I, I worked for Venom, but really more, I guess, more for the label who paid the label to be able to press a Venom record. Right. So you're so, you're, you're currently in Exhumed, right? Yes. Yeah. Exhumed's going strong. We would have been going to Australia and Japan and Korea this year, and that's not happening. <laughs> so we're trying to do our best with, uh, you know, doing some video streaming stuff and uh, still got some material writing going on and did just put out the split ep twisted horror which i'm really stoked on i love the sound on it it's killer uh check it out yeah with gruesome right yeah yeah the gruesome side's awesome it's not as awesome as exhumed but it's pretty (laughs) awesome well it's both matt harvey how can you go wrong (laughs) well you know matt harvey is on both but i'm only on one oh right right so So, um you one of the bands that's really obscure that i one of one of my favorite bands in the Bay Area actually was Ludicro, and you were part of that, right? 
Absolutely. Yeah. Ludicro is a very, uh, very, very good, uh, roughly 11 years with some people who am, I still adore. Didn't adore them for a couple of years, but I did adore, I do adore them again. And, uh, we had a good time and I'm pretty, pretty stoked still on all those records that we made back then. Is there any chance that you guys would do anything in the future? Uh, there's a chance. I, I would love that. <laughs> that's that's all I can give you. There's a there's there is a chance. There is a slim margin of a chance. Uh, the future will just have to play out how the future is going to play out. We'll see. So, um, another great love song. Were you you part of that record? Yeah, I was. No, I was on every Ludicrous record. Uh, I wasn't the first bass player. They had a live ba- bass player for you know uh, maybe half a year before I joined up with them. So, but I definitely. Uh, wrote and recorded all the material that you can actually hear. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, I mean, I wrote with I wrote with Ludacra. I'm not right. sorry. I just make that clear. Gotcha. One thousand wolves. That song just kind of it makes my hair grow up in the back, and my and my back hair just stands right. Oh, that's up great. I, that. If I remember correctly, I think I can't remember. I think that was a Christie song. She had a heavy hand in writing that one, and Christy's gone on to do Ales with Lori from, uh, so two members of Ludacra are doing the uh, band called Ales, and they're out on the Flenser. They have their first LP out. It's really good. Do they sing anything like, Ludic- like that? Uh, they definitely have the screamings. Yeah, there's a lot less um, melodic singing than Ludacra had, uh, but you know they, they play around a bit. It's not, it's not Ludacra part two. They're trying to be their own thing, but if you like Ludacra, there's a very good chance you're also going to like Ales. Yeah, that that Usurpent song is just uh just the screams on that are just insane. The whole the Yeah, that's that you guys that's Christie's Christy and Lori were pretty were both nutty screamers and you know, and watching them even you know, I'd be looking out the corner of my eye while we were playing live and I'm like, These girls are fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> even just the looks on their faces, I'm like, they're in a zone. This is like I don't know what they're seeing in their mind's eye. Yeah, we went on tour and I think it was like I think it was 2012 i can't remember exactly when but we were like listening to every ludicrous song the whole way and we were just so stoked on it then we ran into you guys at new jersey death fest and uh yeah yeah i remember you you guys were like at merch booth and stuff and it was really sweet and that was a that was wild show to play with um you you guys know schlack right oh yeah the pro wrestler (laughs) schlack's schlack's a character yeah now he's a pro wrestler i knew him as an insane uh, body harm, self body harm specialist, uh, vocalist originally. So yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show, but he's really elusive. He's always busy. So whatever. Well, he has an insane tattoo. Uh, yeah, I don't know how. I mean, well, if there's one person who I would feel would be uh, definitely breaking the rules of shelter in place and wrestling, anyways, it would probably be Schlack. <laughs> yeah, he liked to break a lot of rules. Totally. So um, how do you, how do you, you, you were in Exhumed before, right? And then you left and then you came back, right? Yes. I was in Exhumed uh, just coming out of high school and um, I was friends with those guys for a couple of years, you know, go to shows and film them. And, and then I started my own little project and we had, it was a very weird project that had a bunch of different things going on. And we had one kind of more death metal song and they were, you know, they were like, Oh, holy shit. Ross could do that for us. Like, you know, we already hang around with them. He already drives us everywhere. So now he could just drive us everywhere as part of the band. And uh, so I joined up from, it was 94 to 99. And in 99, they officially gave me the boot. Our relationships had soured quite a bit as, you know, uh, 
you know, a, some strong-minded kids who each had their own vision, and it was just bumping heads too much. So it was time for them to move on for a bit without me while I went off to jam with Impaled. Right. And so you guys eventually reconciled. Yeah, I mean, the, we. I, I, I think we reconciled even earlier than I remember because somebody was posting photos on Facebook of us hanging out in like, like 2001, and I was like, oh, I thought we got into fights then, but I don't, I don't remember. We definitely got into fights. Like, I uh, definitely tussled with Cole on the floor of a Voivod show, oh, and we almost got kicked out. <laughs> you guys were actually like fist fighting. <laughs> Uh, the fist never got thrown. Luckily it did. There was a wrestling match that happened. It probably lasted about five seconds before security came up. And then I think we were both at least cognizant enough to realize that neither of us wanted to miss Voivod. <laughs> so we were like, Oh yeah, no problem. No problem. We'll just separate, go to our separate corners and enjoy this Voivod show. So yes, much respect for Voivod. Always. I, that band is Absolutely. One of, mind blowing. One of my favorites and some of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Right. Away is just ace and he is willing to talk to you on end about all the weird fiction going on inside his head it's great so you know those guys in ghoul right i do know those guys in ghoul yeah what did you think of the the double bastards full-length album i thought it was amazing the dungeon bastard uh, yeah 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 it's like double double bastards that I, I don't think they have that much uh output to put out a double record um but uh yeah uh, very happy with that i got to, that's another one i got to do layouts on and design the included board game if you have a physical copy of it and right. it is an actual playable board game that i game tested with a bunch of friends for months before you know i got it finished and slid it into their record there for them and uh i think the record's solid uh i think the sound uh from they moved to anti-sleep studios for that record and that's scott evans who also plays in this band kowloon walled city and they're fantastic and he got a new better tone for ghoul and did some crazy reamping and got this amazing drum tone they actually rented a drum set, uh, the exact same drum set that Nick Menza played in Megadeth. Oh, wow. It was very, very important uh, to the drummer at the time to uh, Fermentor wanted that real bad to get like those tones. So it, I think it sounds phenomenal. I'm really, I think it's a, a great record. I'm stoked to listen to it. Because uh, they, weren't they on uh, Tank Crimes for a long time? Still on Tank Crimes, yeah. Nice. That's a ongoing really ongoing very happy relationship scotty's a, a good match for ghoul he's a such a friendly party like good vibes guy and i mean ghoul are a bunch of murderers but they certainly like to party and drinks and have a good time so i think it's a great fit and they've had a good business relationship going I mean, it's just, it's literally a handshake deal right. and if you can do that with a label you're a lucky motherfucker I'm a lucky motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just got a we got hooked up with Nefarious Industries from the same kind of way, and we're so lucky because I don't want to be in debt. It's nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's nice when you can do it. Well, I mean, these days bands more and more can do more on their own, so you're not as it's not it's not as important to get try to get that big guarantee from a label, and then they own your shit for life. Right. So if you can, you know, put your heads together in a band, which probably four heads together of a bunch of death metal musicians equals one full head. And you can do quite a bit on your own, bring it into a studio to mix and cut costs and stop being an asshole wanting to go fly to Sweden or whatever. And <laughs> it's just a pointless waste of time. And there's so many good engineers in most, you know, cities anyways, locally, like you don't have to fly somewhere and do some crazy shit like that. You can just find someone good to mix your shit that you 
you know, that you trust and bring it to a label and still own your material. So do you still work at a monolith? Uh, these days, not a lot, but we have, uh, even in the shelter in place and quarantine and everything that's going on, we were primarily a gig poster place, but we also did art prints or do, I should say, do art prints. And, uh, so we've been getting a little bit of work trickling in as, you know, the economy kind of figures out where the hell we're going and all this shit. For sure. I got some for you, so I'll be in touch with you after the podcast. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We just did, um... For uh, Neurot Records, we did a bunch of art prints that are going out with uh, Steve Von Till's new record uh, for the, like, the Die Hard edition or whatever. It's like a collection of eight uh, line of cuts that we screen printed. And we're doing uh, you know some artwork for artists like Dirty Donnie. And we did quite uh, – John Yates did some stuff that was some charity work uh, involved around Black Lives Matter that we printed – it was kind of funny going back to work and I'm just instantly printing anti-cop posters. And I was like, well, that's, that's a pretty cool way to come back to work. I'm stoked about that. Now, who's, uh, who's Steve Von Tills from Neurosis' new band? Uh, it's just Steve Von Till. Okay. So he does a solo project. And, uh, you know, there's some orchestration in it. A lot of it's, you know, him on acoustic is kind of how he started. But it's gotten a little more involved since then. And the new record sounds really good. Uh, I guess I have a little bit of an in. I, I do a little bit of uh, ad work for them, putting together their ads for magazines. And uh, that's how I did the um, Christ on Parade was for them, the the repress edition. Yeah, it seems like the, all those bands are really locked in, you know, with Noah and, and Steve Till, And everybody's really tight in the Oakland scene for sure. Definitely. I think, you know, the Bay, the Bay Area in general and, uh, you know, when you get to San Francisco, Oakland particularly, I think there really is, especially a large part of the scene here kind of grew up over the last 20 years. And, you know, we were all meeting up at, you know, 20 people at a show and, it's, you know, now you can, you know, we get both thrower here and they sell out the place or whatever in the, you know, in the last decade or so, but it was a real small tight knit scene and that kind of webbed outward. And I mean, and then the neurosis guys, I mean, they've been playing together since the eighties and, you know, kind of built this whole infrastructure for themselves to kind of get away from the, uh, the label, the, the having to work with a big label owning all their shit. So they're doing quite a bit through Neurot and, you know, all their solo projects and stuff like that. Yeah, Neurot signed a local Sacramento band called Church here, and we were really excited about that. They went on tour and everything and did a bunch of stuff, and it was really cool to have them part of your guys' family, too. It was really amazing. They're, uh, the kind yeah, of, church, is, church is awesome. Yeah, they're great. I got to that was, a, that was the one I had to – I did some pre-press for the, actually for their LP where, you know, checking colors and making sure it was going to go to print. Okay, so I had my hand in that one, too. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So everything that goes through Oakland is going to probably go through your hands. Uh, I, I don't know about that, but uh, I'm, I certainly think it should. I think I'm pretty good. Everything <laughs> I want to get paid. Let me, let me rephrase that. Everything that's of, of worth, of value, because there's a lot of you know crap everywhere in the music industry and poster industry for sure. And uh, every now and yeah, then you get I, some I, really good stuff. I guess I just I, I like to, I like to hustle a lot, and I like to I keep my hands in everything, and I always get bored really easy. So well, you just got to keep working and keep pushing. Yeah, you're super busy. I mean, think about all the bands you're associated with and the uh, the the graphics for sure. That's amazing. Good to hear. Stay busy. I hope so. I, I'm gonna need a paycheck once this unemployment furlough pay runs out. Oh, God, so scary. let's let's hope we keep busy. Yeah, that's scary. 
So um, what are your thoughts on uh, what's what's going on with the touring circuit as far as everybody? Uh, are you hopeful? I mean, how long? What's your, what would you say? What's ballpark you think when we'll be back to some kind of uh, touring type? I, I've been saying, well, you know, I went into this thing kind of like everyone else. Around February, I was like, this is uh, it's just the flu. It's not really spreading. And then sometime in early March, something clicked to me before we went to, you know, before they started sheltering everyone. And I was like, oh, we're fucked. Oh, we are so fucked. This is so fucked. I was like, all my tours are going to get canceled. They ended up getting canceled. You know, we had uh, band merch coming in. And I'm like, need to offload that shit now. They're like, but we have shows in June. I was like, no, we do not. Right. <laughs> that is, n- this is not going to be a two week thing, and we're okay. Like, you could just start reading the science and looking at the numbers and how they were growing exponentially. And I mean, you know, states reopening too quickly. You know, California included. Uh, I thought it was stupid. Like, we're gonna have outdoor dining, and then you see all these restaurants pour money into outdoor dining. And I look at the conditions. I'm like, that's a germ factory. And sure enough, they get shut down. So these restaurants already financially strapped are gonna be hit harder. I'm worried about independent clubs closing down. That's gonna make the touring circuit harder. Um, because then you're just going to have that one stupid, shitty company in charge of everything, and they're horrible to work with. I know, um, I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's anytime we roll into a club where we start getting questioned if we're safe and all this other kind of horse shit and having to sign contracts, it's always them. It's always them. It's always Live Nation. And <laughs> that's the one. Thank you. I was forgetting the name. Uh, yeah, every Live Nation venue I've ever played, it's it's. I mean, they have a clean back room, but they're complete garbage to work with if you're a death metal band. It For sucks. Sure. And so, you know, if I want to be my most optimistic is that maybe next summer we might have something approaching normal, but it won't be normal. And that's if there's a vaccine. But then even if there's a vaccine, we don't know if it's going to be a seasonal vaccine like the flu. Uh, We really don't know where this is going. And it's 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 way too early to tell. And people are trying to book things. And I'm just like, you're fucking insane. There's like last next summer, they're like, hey, we're going to do a long european tour do you think you can do that i was like probably but it's probably not going to happen so fuck it i'll say yes like i don't know it's is there's so many variables right now right so i'm just trying to yeah there's literally no way you can get a solid guarantee (laughs) pretty much no and every no at this point i mean this is something uh, nobody's dealt with in a hundred years and what they how they dealt with it last time was just millions died so that wasn't the best solution. So we're just gonna have to see how this plays out. In the meantime, gonna keep trying to write music, trying to build it in a different venue, which is you know mostly online streaming. Maybe there'll be some shit with some kind of quarantine shows where people can be in separate places. Destruction did just play a show, and hey, Great White, Great White played a show. That seemed like an ill-advised idea to go to a Great White show in the best of conditions. They've uh, they've had some bad luck. <laughs> Yeah, I have a feeling it's not running out anytime soon. I mean, the last, I mean, even before all this, they had a a really bad show that we can all remember that we all hate to think about. But I mean, I I guess the fire code wasn't up to par. And yeah, some. They fucked. The fire code was fine. They fucked up. I've played with fire on stage. And and (laughs) even at my most drunkest, I think I was safer than whoever they had doing their their lights that night. And it was just a, a shit show of a just a huge disaster and just wasn't well thought out. And it was basically an arena band, not realizing they weren't playing in an arena anymore. Totally. I mean, I'm like, I I remember when that happened, I was just kind of like, I can't think of anything that could go more wrong. 
That was pretty bad. I mean, there was a, there was a lot of things going on. The club is also certainly uh, partially at fault for the way the conditions they had in their, you know, emergency exits and shit. But I mean, whoever booked great white to play a show now without social distancing and anything else in place, it, they're just a fucking asshole. Well, it's all about the money, right? People are getting sick. They're getting fed up. They're tired of being locked down. So they try something and then it <clears throat> usually goes really bad. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, Disneyland, uh, Disney World's open, but meanwhile, Florida is actually the biggest hotspot for the, this disease in the entire world right now. Disney World over is any other open country. right now. Oh yeah, Disney World's open. There's people there hanging out. <laughs> oh oh yeah, go look at the go look at the photos. Yeah, it's great. A bunch of people huddled huddled underneath because uh, it's raining there. A bunch of people huddled underneath overhangs, just you know, right next to each other, breathing all on each other and. Sure, the bulk of them don't think you should even have to wear a mask. And right, it's, it's great time. I haven't even, I haven't honestly to tell you the truth. I've kind of blocked out media lately because it's just so depressing. Like all of it. That's fair. I, 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 I wish I could do that. I've, you know, I wrote a political column in high school, so I've been reading the news like since I was just. A, yeah, I, I remember distinctly crying when uh, Ronald Reagan won against Walter Mondale when I was, you know, fucking. It must have been nine years old. Right. So I guess I've taken these things a little too seriously for my entire life. Yeah, I, I, I just remember when he got shot, and I saw Suicidal make a song about it. It's <laughs> 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 like rad. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what, do you, what, what do you got uh, planned for the future after uh, you know how do how do how are you going to adapt to all this uh, lockdown stuff? Well. Again, I'm just going to throw that plug out there. Please go subscribe to the Ghoul and Exhumed YouTube pages. Uh, that is one of our best outlets right now for content and to keep making stuff to entertain people. And, you know, in the creative process, entertain ourselves. I was sitting here depressed and I was like, we got to get back to making videos because I can't just sit around here anymore. And, you and uh, I've got to, yeah. Your videos rule too. They're, they're really quality, so for sure. Yeah, thanks. I mean, we're having fun. I mean, there's, you know, some of them are just bullshit on a, on an iPhone, but we're trying to edit it and have some good fun with it. And, uh, and you know, we're making each other laugh, and that's always important. I want to keep people's spirits up. I, this, I, I go all gloom and doom, but I'm like, like, hey, we can still live somehow. I swear to God, there is a positive side in me somewhere. So, uh, you know, they're doing that. I got some – I'm working on a couple other uh, – covers and art projects uh coming forward that i don't like to name until they're actually finished and everybody's happy with it nice. so and uh some other layout work is uh, uh coming my way for some other cool classic rock reissues again i'm not going to name names because i just you know it'll come out when it comes out and when it's all approved and all done and, okay my and my, my eyebrows went up when you said classic rock reissues i gotta know this <laughs> uh I'm not telling. Uh, it's some cool <laughs> shit, though. It's some cool shit in the pipeline. I was pretty stoked to read to read the name and and you know what it was. Very, very cult, very underground, very pre you know, uh, very proto band kind of stuff. Like who was in what was their band before that band? So right, we'll see. I'll definitely be should be pretty out. cool. Great, yeah, definitely. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Ross. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks a lot, Jeff. It's a pleasure to talk to you again, man. It's been a little bit too long. Yeah, definitely. We'll keep in touch. So, uh, Dr. Ross Sewage from a lot of bands. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, now we have our uh, Q&A segment from the post I put up a couple weeks ago. And there was a lot of questions on there. So, I wanted to get whatever questions I didn't do last week on this one. So, Mike's going to ask the questions and I will answer them the best I can. All right. First one is Anthony Sandoval. 
How do you feel about thrash metal changes when it comes to new bands like Power Trip, Municipal Waste, and even older bands like Sodom that are coming out with new albums uh, that sound almost completely different from when they started? And older guys like High on Fire and Toxic Holocaust. Do you draw any of the? Do you draw any influence from these newer bands? Well, that that sounds so backwards because Sodom was around before all of them, <laughs> and uh, High on Fire was around around the same time. Municipal Waste. I, I think these timelines are off a little bit. But yeah. to me, it's the thing with me personally is that they're all thrash bands or associated with thrash metal. So of course I love every one of them because it keeps the genre going. It keeps it fresh. It keeps it alive. And I love the fact that bands progress. They don't just stay the same. They actually progress their sound. They get more involved. They, you can't just make the same record over and over. You get bored. People get bored of it. You know, some people love that shit, but I get bored of it, you know, and I I love when people start progressing and they don't have to do it overnight. It can just be something that's gradual, but it's good. It's all good as long as they're being productive and make putting out new shit. I love it all, especially if it's thrash. So I'm, I'm biased. I'm biased as fuck when it comes to thrash metal. I play in a thrash metal band. <laughs> next. All right, next question. Brian Bitter. What are the biggest changes and differences you've noticed about the music scene and local shows through the years, and what do you miss the most about the scene back in the day? Well, I mean, the changes are pretty obvious. Everybody's just drifting, you know? Like, that's the thing is it's a youth movement. Punk, metal, whatever it is, it's it's generated around young kids. And unfortunately, some young kids just get burned on it and grow up or grow old or move away or whatever. And that's just what happens with every scene I've been associated with because I've been in the same band for 32 years. I've seen scenes come and go i've seen scenes die out i've seen scenes move boom in different cities you know it it, it all just depends as long as it's consistent i think um the thing that was cool about the old days for me personally is because like anybody it was new it was all new the first time you're ever experiencing anything like that so from the perspective of who's listening it's just new and it's I hate to say this, to use this as a reference, but it's kind of like a drug. It's always that first hit you're after, right? <laughs> it's the same thing with shows. I mean, when we were going to shows, uh, we start, when I started out, it was like in the mid-'80s at the farm in San Francisco, the on Broadway. We used to have to drive up to the Bay Area from Salinas to see real music, underground music. And we got to see some legendary shit, you know, adolescence, corrosion conformity, dirty rotten imbeciles, sacrilege BC, attitude adjustment, um, you know, doggy style, DI, you know, wasted youth, circle jerks, all these bands that were so badass back in the day. And, you know, we didn't have social media back then. We didn't have nobody ever had a phone. You'd be lucky if you had somebody holding up a giant trash can sized camcorder over his shoulder you know and then <laughs> that's that's, right. that's that's all we had you know and then you'd be lucky if you have one but i mean just being there as an experience was insane because it was it was all new that was the real beginning when metal and punk fully crossed over and it became one unified scene in the mid 80s that was something to behold nowadays it's nothing like that it's really drifted off into all these different branches and even then like metal you'll have like 50,000 different genres of metal. So it's not the same, no. But back then, you know, it was crossover. It was thrash, 
punk, heavy metal, and speed punk or whatever all whipped in. And you'd, you'd go see, like, the Descendants play with, like, DRI or Possessed, you know? Like, nobody cared. It was just always, like, really mixed crowds that would stage dive and go fucking batshit crazy. Because, like I said, back then, it was new. Nowadays, everybody's kind of... They got the glazed over look. They're folding their arms. They're, they've seen it. Everybody's fucking jaded. That's the shitty part about music. Next. I got kind of a question for you on that one. You're talking about like the camcorder. You're lucky to have like one cat in the crowd right. with that shit. You think that's kind of ruined the experience now that everyone has the fucking camcorder in their pocket and they're too busy catching it and uploading it to social media and not just sitting there and actually just enjoying what the fuck's happening in front of them? Well, no. I, I, I disagree with that because I think... It's I, I think when somebody takes the time to video it correctly and get a whole aspect of what the event is like, then that's a good thing because you can remember it. You can look back on it and go, wow, that was a really good time. But if everybody in the crowd has one, yeah, it sucks. Like if everybody's holding up a phone, like yeah, you then, see shows like that where right. everyone's just sitting there with looking at experiencing it through their phone screen instead right. of just then looking that, at the fucking entertainer. Well, then that sucks. But at the same time, like, would I go to a show that everybody would do that? No, no, exactly. No. So I try to stay away from that shit. If I'm going to see, you know, if I'm going to see Slayer, I expect it. You know, I see fucking hands up there, whatever, blah blah blah. But if I'm going to see something underground, you know, it's there's not a phone in sight. It's going to get smashed. <laughs> and, and uh, <clears throat> you know, that's just the way it is. Technology's pretty much changed every facet of our life. Yeah. Everything. I mean, everything. DoorDash, you know? You don't even got to go anywhere. You just order your food, and it's right there on your doorstep. So fucking expensive, though. Pretty soon, they're going to be fucking droning it in. <laughs> it literally, it's literally cheaper to get in your car and just go do it yourself than to order through DoorDash. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. Next. All right, last question is from Jedediah Charles. What band would make you geek out if they asked you to collaborate? Collaborate, as in, like, work with me? Oof, wow. Geek out. Like, like fanboy? I would assume. I don't know. Oh, there's got to be something, dude. Geek out, like, freak out? I think, I think that would... I mean, I know this sounds kind of cheesy, but... If it was to be like something realistic, like you could say, like this is a wish kind of thing, uh, Iron Maiden for sure. Really, <laughs> I didn't expect that out of you. I expected Slayer out of you. Iron Maiden all the way, dude. Nice. Iron Maiden, because that's what I grew up on. That was my favorite band as a child. Um, you know the artwork, the whole thing. Like those guys, fucking just, and they're still going. Like they are fucking. That band is the quintessential best heavy metal band of all time. They're still selling out arenas, man. Arenas, never had any like major hits, never had any crazy radio airplay. All about product, all about production, 100%. Total professionals in every aspect, even traveling in their own fucking 747. Like, who does that? Nobody can fuck with Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is the best heavy metal band of all time and always will be. Look at their legacy. I mean, it's just, it's so... And they always Huge. do have, they, like you said, they always, even though they're arena ba- based and everything, no hits, nothing like that. Like, I couldn't no. tell you the last time I heard an Iron Maiden song on the radio. Never. They'll play, yeah. like, Run to the Fucking Hills. Like, it's, it's one of their worst songs ever. And the thing <laughs> is, the other point you put out, like, some of the best fucking artwork. Like, which album has bad artwork? There isn't no. an Iron Maiden. No. Derek yeah. Riggs, dude. That guy's a yeah. savage. He's fucking the best painter in the world. I mean, the, the colors he put, like, in the background on Flight of Icarus, it's it's a it's kind of a single off of uh, 
it's not a single, it's it's off of uh, Peace of Mind, but the background with the clouds is just similar to the number of the beast. He had that theme going on for like three records, and it was insane. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the whole Eddie Maiden thing and all that stuff. I mean, just to collaborate, to be part of that would have been insane for sure. But that wraps up this episode. We appreciate all you guys listening and tuning in. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, yeah. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. Know. We're on. We're on all Podbean. All, all Podbean. Check it. If yeah, if you don't have any of those platforms, or you still want to listen, just go to fucking Podbean.com. Look us up, and you can play it. So thank you guys very much. Have a great day and peace. peace.